Well, there are going to be losses like the one the Mariners suffered last night. It's just the nature of baseball, but that doesn't make it hurt any less. So let's cope together here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, April 22nd, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am your host, Tidy Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patno. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, it's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we talk about the Mariners even more, and also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for for more information on that if you are interested and if this is your first time joining us here welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell give this video a thumbs up and tell your friends to come check us out or your enemies don't really care we greatly appreciate it either way so uh last night was uh hashtag not good for the seattle mariners it started out great First inning, five runs, couple of home runs, a three-run shot from J.P. Crawford, a 90-grade bat flip. But from that point forward, the uh, the Mariners' offense did not score again until the bottom of the eighth to tie things up at 6-6. Six to six. Marco Gonzalez was cruising for a while. Changeup was looking nasty. He generated 16 whiffs in this game. And then the fifth inning happened. A couple errors from J.P. Crawford, and things just fell apart. The Rangers had been chipping away a little bit at the lead before then, but it all came to to a head there. And um, yeah, it kind of just set the tone for what ultimately was a very frustrating end to this game for the Mariners. And they end up not being able to sweep the Rangers win. Really, they should have been. Yeah, it, it's just not, um, it's just one of those nights Um it doesn't make it any less frustrating when it's happening, knowing that it's one of those nights. Um, but it was just it was just brutal because Marco was really good. He was cruising, had a little bit of a hiccup in the in the second inning, gave up a couple doubles. Um, but really, he was cruising. It looked like he was going to go six, seven innings, allow two, three runs, and hand it over to the bullpen. Exactly what we wanted him to do yesterday uh, when we talked yesterday. Uh, the mm-hmm. changeup was great, uh, as we said it needed to be against the right the right handed heavy lineup. Um, and uh, it just all kind of fell apart there in the fifth. Uh, Marco did make the one mistake. He threw a cutter that just kind of stayed in the middle of the plate, and that was the big the big blow, the two-run homer. But uh, other than that, Marco was was pretty good, and, you know, it's it's not hard to see or understand why, you know, Marco might lose his concentration when J.P. Crawford's booted two balls and, and he should have been out of the inning 15 pitches ago. So mm. um, it's unfortunate, but... I, I think if you're blaming Marco for this for this loss, and I saw some people were, you completely missed the point. I, I don't know what you were watching. Uh, Marco was was not the problem, uh, and you know, and well, it's easy to point at JP and his two errors, and those were huge. And JP himself took uh, took blame uh, for for this loss, saying that it's on him. Um, the real culprit here was once again the Mariners' inability to get the big hit with a guy in scoring position. Mm-hmm. Um, at least consistently, they they had runners on all night, and they were going up against a bad Rangers bullpen, and they just could not add on. Uh, Hearn yeah. gave up five in the first, and they score one run in the next <clears throat> eight innings off of Taylor Hearn, Albert Abreu, Brett Martin, Spencer Patton, and Matt Bush. Like, oh, and Joe Barlow. 
yeah. they walked 11 times in this game and they couldn't get the big hit after the first inning plenty of opportunities um but blaming marco gonzalez or blaming the umpire who was terrible don't get me wrong uh, I think you're just missing the point entirely, though. That that was not the the issue was the offense going silent after you know a big loud first inning, and we're kind of getting to a point now where um, if the Mariners aren't getting home runs with guys on base, they're not getting anything. Um, so it's it's concerning. Uh, well, concerning is not the right word. It's uh, a pattern that's starting to repeat itself. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, these type of games happen. You still won the game or won the series. Um, but it is frustrating when you have the sweep and you can kind of start to build momentum. Um, and we know how difficult May looks uh, on the schedule. Uh, so mm. stacking every win you can before that moment uh, would be huge. So uh, it's a whole lot of frustrating things happening, but it's baseball. You know, it, it happens and there's there's not much we can do about it. Uh, mm. You know, hand wringing is only going to take you so far. Um, I will say uh, also Jesse Winker had a, a horrendous night out in the field. He didn't make any errors, but. You know, he came up on a mid, medium deep fly ball and just kind of stood there flat footed to catch it. Didn't, you know, try to get his momentum going home. Um, just didn't even give him a shot to throw the guy out at the plate. Uh, he allowed Mitch Garver to score from first base on a double that didn't kick into the corner or anything like that. Just because he was just kind of lackadaisical about getting the ball. Um, it just, they, they picked on, on Winker last night. The Rangers did. Um, and you know, I think it's fair to ask if maybe the, uh, the offensive struggles are starting to manifest themselves in the field, uh, for Winker, um, because it was, it was unacceptable effort from, from a guy who's supposed to be your, one of your leaders. Um, and it just, you can't carry that stuff with you out into the field, which I know is easier said than done, but you know, you gotta do it. So mm. it was, it was not a good night for Jesse Winker either. Yeah, two for eleven, I believe, uh, in, with runners in scoring position for the Mariners in this game, uh, and I believe uh, this is courtesy of Tyler Wiki, um, friend of the show, uh, writer over at the Tacoma News Tribune. The Mariners are now zero for six with bases loaded, and they had bases yep. loaded again last night in the bottom of the eighth. Obviously, two outs, but uh, Tom Murphy able to work a walk. Abraham Tor- was it Abraham Toro? Toro yeah, was, yeah. Toro walked right, and then it was Murphy grounded out, struck out. Does struck out, struck out. Right, yeah, fastball. Yeah, okay, yep. Yeah. Um, I try just for for context here. I I didn't really watch the game last night. I fell asleep <laughs> pretty early on. I was also recording another show. I tried to catch up on it as much as I could this morning. I tried to watch little bits and pieces of the game. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a frustrating effort from the uh, the bits and pieces that I saw um, just no real capitalization on a uh, on a situation that should have resulted and I mean with the way that this game started and the the basically the build of this Rangers bullpen and, and just everything that goes into it the, the Mariners should have scored 10 plus runs in this game easily easily 11 walks Mm-hmm. No, no team should get away with just giving up six runs when walking eleven guys. Just you just can't allow that to happen. You have to punish the Rangers in that situation. You have to, mm-hmm. you absolutely have to. And yeah, you know there were some bad calls. There were some bad missed calls. 
you know, there was another one to Julio. There was one to Jared Kelnick there, you know, but also, you know, we should probably say here, Julio was not good last night either. Like there were, there were a couple of opportunities where he got very aggressive. He continues to let it go. Oh, two, one, two. And he's kind of putting himself in these positions where he's having to rely on, on working with just one strike to give. And, uh, and that's, you know, what's kind of leading to some of these, you know, bad missed calls. I'm not defending the, the umpires in these situations though, but like, but Julio's got to be better earlier on in the count. He's got to be better earlier on in the count. He's got to be able to take advantage of, you know, getting one Oh, two Oh, two one, et cetera. And, and, getting to more favorable counts that will lead to more favorable pitches and more mistakes from pitchers that he can ultimately take advantage of because when he is making contact, he is hitting the absolute crap out of the ball. It's just, he's not getting back to the ball that often, but I mean, like we saw last night, right? In the, um, in the ninth, he hit a ball on a rope and unfortunately Adelise Garcia made a great dive in play to rob him of that hit but it was another ball over 100 miles per hour off the bat like he is going to hit the absolute living hell out of the ball but it's just you know he's not getting those opportunities as much because he is swinging early he is getting way too aggressive early on in the count he's not working these at bats consistently and you know the good thing though is like with the pitches that he is taking that are, are that are getting called strike three when they shouldn't be the good thing is he is taking those pitches. He's taking close pitches. He has a good eye for the strike zone. It's just, he's getting too aggressive early on in the count. It's putting him in these unfavorable situations. And it's just, it's leading to some of these, these issues. I I'm, I'm still not out of the belief. I saw last night, a lot of people are well looking back through my feed today. I, I saw a lot of people saying like, Julio's not ready. It's just, he's not ready. You should send him down once Mitch Hanniger's back, et cetera. I don't think that that's the case. I don't think we know that yet. You know, he has looked bad, but I think, but it's only been 13 games. And, um, and, and, and if he can just be a little more patient early on in the count, I think that would change a lot of stuff for him. I think he'd be in a much better position than he is right now. And I think that's just something that he's got to learn. And I think that the only way that he can really learn that right now is being up here. And then if it continues for another few weeks, then yeah, you send him down. But right now, I just because like, who are you bringing up for him right now? Steven Souza? Yeah. No. Billy Hamilton? Like, what are they going to do for you offensively? No, I tell you, Billy Hamilton probably would have saved the Mariners a run over Dylan Moore last night. But that's, that's not. Yeah. We're not going to dive into that again. Although I could. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, where's the better option? He doesn't exist. And this goes back to one of my biggest gripes of the off season is that they didn't add that veteran outfield, just kind of filler guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, where is Mark Canna, Tommy Pham? Like, where is that guy? Because yeah. relying right now, the Mariners are relying far too often on, uh, Julio and Kelnick to come up in these big spots and they're just not going to producing that opportunity right now not very often at least so they need they needed a they needed a safety net there and and you know we talked about how vulnerable they were because well Hanniger's not exactly the healthiest guy and if Hanniger goes down and you're relying on two of those three every single night you're gonna have games where it's it's gonna be bad it's gonna cost you and, and obviously yeah. we didn't foresee COVID for for uh Hanniger but it uh it's it's still you know you, they didn't prepare themselves for this and even if like 
you send Julio down, like who's what's the option? Taylor Trammell is hurt. Kyle Lewis hasn't started playing yet. And even if those were two viable options at this stage, even if they were both healthy, you feel better about either of them than Julio? I mean, Lewis maybe, but Lewis isn't healthy. So yeah, yeah, you're just you're just gonna kind of roll with this, um, at least for a little while. And we'll see. And and you know, obviously again, not having Luis Torrens and Mitch Haniger hurts. Um Mm-hmm. So maybe those are the guys who are coming up with with those game situations uh, late in the game uh, instead of Kelnick pinch hitting or or instead of Julio. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, last night there's just a lot of things to be frustrated about. But it's you know it's time to move on. Um, you know yeah, it's, it's time to it's game thirteen. Today. It's game yeah. thirteen, right? Like it, it <laughs> we got a hundred and forty. We have a hundred and forty nine more of these. The Mariners yeah. are still seven and six. They are one game off of the best record in the American League right now. Like a lot of teams are hovering around five hundred. Um, there's, it's April. <laughs> like I don't know what else you want me to say here. Uh, there is nothing to really get up in arms about right now. This um, this team's in a in a decent enough spot, and uh, there's still a lot of room to grow, and there's still a lot of stuff that you know you can feel pretty confident is going to change in the right direction for the Mariners as well. Jesse Winker, Julio Rodriguez, a couple guys that we talked about today. I think those guys are going to get back on track, uh, particularly Winker. And um, and as far as Julio goes, you know I would be more concerned if he wasn't making hard contact consistently, and if he and if he was just chasing bad pitch after bad pitch. And yeah, he's chased a little bit, you know. But that's going to happen. A lot of guys are going to do that. But he's shown good enough discipline that, you know, for a rookie, I I feel pretty confident that with some tweaks, he's going to uh, figure some stuff out here. So it's not time to to jump off the Julio train here for now. Um, We'll see. In about a you know a few more weeks, uh, I would say I would give it a few more weeks, a couple more weeks at least. All right, so uh, up next, uh, we are going to be talking about some of those games that got postponed uh, that the Mariners were supposed to play before the lockout happened, and MLB canceled those games. Wink, wink. But uh, what happened to those games? Where are they now? When are the Mariners going to play those? We're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar, and it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. They are low-calorie, high-protein, so replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. They are high protein, low cal, like I said, high fiber, low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And again, compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. There are so many amazing flavors to choose from, including mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, 
white chocolate cookies and cream. So go to built.com, use promo code locked 15. That's L O C K E D one five to try some for yourself. Again, that's L O C K E D one five for 15% off your order at built.com. This episode of lockdown Mariners is also brought to you by blue Nile, whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, blue Nile.com has the, has fine jewelry options for every mom. Mark mother's day was something enduring classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pennants, and so much more. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. That's pretty convenient if you're like me and live a thousand plus miles away from mom. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast and for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast, recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, including myself, taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like us. So remember, the Mariners were actually supposed to open the season at home at T-Mobile Park. They were supposed to open it up against the Tigers, and then they had a two-game set with the Angels, but those games ultimately got canceled, according to Rob Manfred, and then eventually postponed, which is what they were always going to be. They were always going to be postponed. We're still having a 162-game season, but what happened to those games? Well, the Tigers series, because the Mariners don't really have and opening to play four additional games in the midseason have been pushed all the way to the end of the season. The Mariners were supposed to end their season on October 2nd against the Oakland A's. That's now going to end on October 5th. They're going to play four games from October 3rd through the 5th against the Tigers with a doubleheader on October the 4th. That is a Tuesday, which, uh, yeah, doubleheader with the playoffs coming up. Uh, that's not great. Then, uh, as for the two-game series with the Angels, uh, Saturday, June 18th, there's going to be a doubleheader versus the Angels at T-Mobile Park, uh, which is actually going to be a part of a what is on, technically going to be a five-game series between the Angels that weekend. And then they are going to play the uh, the second of those postponed games on Saturday, August 5th. That is a, another doubleheader between the Angels. But Colby... It's a lot of doubleheaders. That's a lot of games against the Angels in June at home. Um, I mean, they're they're trying to cram all these games in, and this kind of shows the impact of trying to cram all these games in all at once and not giving teams uh, many off days. And the Mariners are ultimately going to have to uh, play a lot of a lot of games with very little rest. Yeah, um, it's stupid. Let's just sit. Let's just call it like it is. Um, mm-hmm. These games don't need to be made up, but they're going to be forced to be made up simply so owners can recoup, quote unquote, some revenue that they lost, even though they didn't actually lose any. Um, so yeah, it, it's dumb because again, now now you go into a situation where, you know, the Mariners are playing a division rival, and granted, it's Oakland, who's probably not going to be competitive at the end of this thing. Um, they go from playing that, uh, you know to playing a random series against Detroit and having, if the Mariners are so lucky to make the playoffs, um, they have to have a doubleheader 
Uh, and the odds are is that the Mariners probably don't know that they've made the playoffs by the time that series starts, just reading the tea leaves here. Uh, so it's not like they can just say, oh, well, you know, we'll just we'll throw Nick Mark Avages in game two and it doesn't really matter if we win or lose it because eh, we're in the playoffs. That's probably not the case. Probably not going to be the case for the Mariners this year. Maybe it is. That would be great. Uh, but it's probably not going to be. And, and now you've thrown a doubleheader in the last week all because you don't want to push the, just push the season, the World Series back one week basically is what it is. Mm. That's that's beyond stupid. And so now we're, we're seeing guys, you know, pull hammies and, and burn their obliques and just like, of course we're seeing all these kind of soft tissue injury type of things. Of course we are. You didn't give them adequate time to get ready. So it's just, it's beyond stupid that Major League Baseball is trying to cram these games in. Just cancel them, like you said. You're not losing all that much revenue. And for some teams, you're not losing any revenue at all. Uh, yeah. The Mariners still had their opening day. They still had, got that attendance number. Um, you know, maybe lose out on 50,000 tickets over the course of those games. It's not a big deal. So they should have just canceled the games, gone with 154 game season or 100. 56, whatever it was, um, and just, just kind of kept the off days the way they were. Um, it's just scheduled doubleheaders are fine, but there needs to be off days built in to accommodate those. And just yeah. because of Major League Baseball's own, uh, let's just say stupidity, uh, yeah, sure. now teams like the Mariners and every team has to suffer through these uh, pointless doubleheaders on uh, – just on the principle that owners don't want to sacrifice any of the gate for these games. It's just stupid. Yeah. And I believe it's the, um, the series in June with the angels. Yeah. The, the five game series where they're not going to have an off day. Uh, they're they're So their first off day in June is June 9th. Then they play three games against the Red Sox, three against the twins. Then they play the five games against the angels before they get another off day on June the 20th. So they play one, two, three, four, five, six, eleven games before another off day. That's a in lot. ten days. In yeah. ten days, that's that's um, yeah, that's too much. That's too much. That's uh, you're putting players at risk there. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm not really sure how the uh, the Mariners are going to be able to to navigate that. I'm not sure how you know because obviously this is not a situation that's exclusive to the Mariners either right like all every team has to make up all of their their series from um you know the the start of the year um but just talking about it from a mariner's perspective it's just you know you're in the you're you're entering the summer it's going to be the start of the summer right there you're getting into the summer stretch you're really starting to get into the swing of things and you got to play all these games and you already have two months of games under your belt it's just a lot it's just overkill it's just way too much doesn't like i i get that um, you know, it, it, there really wasn't another opportunity to to do this. But I mean, the Mariners have off days, uh, you know, throughout the season, uh, where maybe the Angels, if they're around the Pacific Northwest, could come up for one game on those off days. But I don't know. But then you know, at that point as well, you know, the counter argument to that is, well, you're taking another off day off the board for the Mariners as well. So I I don't know. There isn't really a perfect answer to this, other than. They probably should have just canceled the games, yeah. You know, or they should have they should have moved the World Series back. You know, like you said, mm -hmm. you know. But um, yeah, just uh, you know how 
like with 162 games and with the World Series being when it is and everything, there just really isn't a perfect answer for it right now. It's just a, a really um, unfortunate thing for the players and unfortunate thing for the teams. And, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how they uh, they try to maneuver that because, um, you know, and try to stay healthy through it all because that's really the, the biggest thing here. Again, like you said, 11 games in 10 days. That's just a lot of baseball. So... Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but up next, we're gonna be previewing tonight's game and the series with the uh, the Kansas City Royals. Real quick though, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, Mariners Royals start tonight at T-Mobile Park. You're going to the game tonight you're actually uh we're, we're recording earlier on in the day than we usually do so uh you can start heading over to seattle uh you're gonna be seeing chris flexen again fifth time i believe in your life that you've watched chris flexen pitch and and not yeah. on purpose not on purpose to, yeah. to be clear though uh we got flexen versus uh brad keller who's been pretty good to start the year mm-hmm. um 13 innings pitch uh 321 fip 138 um ERA, uh, just you know, striking out a little under seven batters per nine. So not a not a big strikeout guy, but not walking a lot of guys either. Just two point oh eight walks per nine um, thus far, and uh, you know, obviously the Mariners, best uh, walking team in baseball. So we'll see. Uh, you know, something's got to give there, if you will. Uh, but what are you hoping to see from Flexen, who hasn't gotten off to a uh, great start to the year? And uh, what are you hoping to see from the offense coming off of a brutal loss? Do you think they're going to be able to bounce back? Yeah, um, from flexing, you know, one of the things I saw last week when I was there um, is the uh, the fastball velocity was down quite a bit. Um, he's throwing a lot of 90s, and it's usually 92, 93. Um, again, it, it's tough to know about off-speed stuff when you're there, and I didn't rewatch the game. But my understanding is that flexing just really wasn't that sharp. He wasn't awful, but he wasn't that sharp. Um, Kansas City's got a pretty good lineup. It's not nearly as scary as Houston's, but I mean, Nicky Lopez is a really good player. Penitenti is a really good player. Salvador Perez, uh, Whit Merrifield slumping right now, but we know he's a very good player. Um, so yeah, it's, it's certainly not a lineup that you can just kind of sleepwalk your way through. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he attacks it. Hopefully the velocity is back up. Um, and then, you know, like part of me is waiting for that little surprise. I'm going to get on the way to the ballpark that somebody has been placed on COVID IL uh, nobody was placed on it yesterday, which could be a good sign. Um, but, but uh, we'll wait and see how it goes. Uh, against Keller, Keller's a little tougher than you think when you look at his savant page. He's he's a solid, he's a you know number four-ish type of guy. Um, he actually gets a, a good amount of chase out of the zone, uh, 88 percentile in chase rate this year. Uh, fastball spin, it, it's, a, it's not an overpowering fastball. It's 94 miles an hour, uh, but it, it has pretty good spin rates as well, 66 percentile. Uh, he's been good this year. His underlying numbers uh, suggest he's been a little bit lucky, but he's still been very good. And and honestly, when mm-hmm. I look at Brad Keller and I kind of look at, he looks to me kind of like a poor man's Herman Marquez. Um, now, I don't know what that says 
about Brad Keller or Herman Marquez, but you can interpret that however you want. Maybe one of them's overrated. I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, there he's going to be in the strike zone. He's going to work the edges. The Mariners, you know, they walk quite a bit. Uh, he's not going to walk you. So you're going to have to be pretty aggressive in the zone. Uh, the stuff again, it's not overpowering stuff, but it does play up because he gets pretty good movement on it. The slider and the fastball are kind of his two weapons of choice. Um, and they're both, they've both been very, very good this year. So you have to get mm-hmm. after him and, and, uh, he's not going to give you anything. So you kind of have to force the issue here and, and we'll see if the Mariners can do that. Yeah, hopefully. And hopefully Chris Flexen can go pretty deep in this game because this bullpen could use some, some rest. It got quite a bit of use this last night. I would assume that Diego Castillo is available again after going three straight games. Um, the last three games, uh, you know, before last night. Um, but yeah, they, you know, they, they took on quite a bit of workload last night through second right of pitch. Everyone basically pitched, uh, aside from Andres Munoz and Diego Castillo. Um, but yeah, the, you know, they could use, uh, they could use a little bit of uh, a relief here. Um, and, uh, you know, cause they got Seawald hurt or not hurt on the COVID uh, list and Sergio Romo is hurt. And obviously Sadler's out right now and Giles is out right now and, yeah, so the the bullpen's not in a great shape. Um, the Royals right now offensively have four guys over a WRC plus of a hundred. That's Andrew Benatendi, who's slashing three fifty nine, four nineteen, four eighty seven. Nicky Lopez slashing three twenty four, three sixty one, four twelve. Salvador Perez slashing two twenty, two fifty six, five thirty seven. So a lot of that is just power. Um, he's not really contributing elsewhere in terms of average or on base. Uh, Cam Gallagher, who is uh, Perez's backup, uh, is slashing 250, 333, 375. Michael Taylor is um, at a 94 WRC+. Plus. He's uh, 226, 314, 323. The thing about the Royals, though, they're going to steal a lot. They're going to try, at least. And uh, they already have eight stolen bases. A uh, big part of that is Alberto Mondesi and uh, Whit Merrifield, but Nicky Lopez can also steal some bags as well. Mm-hmm. They, um, Michael Taylor, of course, is going to steal some bags. Um, and he's, and here we are again, another great defensive center fielder. <laughs> Lovely. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And, uh, don't sleep on Ben Attendee, Who's also a great defensive left fielder and, uh, can steal some bags too. So yeah, yeah. Kansas city is kind of a difficult matchup for Seattle because Mariners mm-hmm. pitchers don't seem to care whatsoever about controlling the run game or even trying to. So, this is a, a tougher matchup than just, you know, maybe the numbers would suggest. And I, I think Kansas City's a little bit better than people think. But I also think that the way that they built their team is a particular issue for a team like Seattle. Yeah, yeah. And, and the Mariners, of course, don't really care about the run game <laughs> whatsoever. Their their pitchers do not really care at all to, uh, to check on the run game. Um, and the catchers are not really uh, capable of making up for that either. Um it's been, you know, a couple of good plays here and there. Luis Torrens made a, you know, caught a guy stealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal Raleigh fired a seed over the second a couple nights ago. But yeah, overall, this uh, this group is not great at controlling the run game. Um, they control the zone, but they do not control the run game <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, so that could uh, that could cause some problems. Um, the good thing is, like you mentioned, Whit Merrifield right now is slumping. So try to keep him off base as much as possible because right now he is slashing just 136, 174, 159 for a WRC plus of, wait for it, negative seven. 
This is the guy the Kansas City Royals wanted Jerry Kelnick or Julio Rodriguez for, reportedly. Reportedly. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's something. Uh, Adalberto Mondesi, who also, you know, is going to be one of the biggest uh, base stealers on this team, only slashing 135, 179, 135 with a WRC plus of negative 10. So... Hopefully, hopefully those guys do not get on base a ton in this series, Um, because if they do, that'll create some problems. But if they don't, you should be in pretty good shape. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you guys watch Adalberto Mondesi this weekend. Uh, He is the eventual Dylan Moore replacement in July. So keep that in mind. He's better than Dylan Moore, who had a terrible night last night. Shocking, I know, but there we go. Just have to have that guy on the roster. So much more valuable than Billy Hamilton. So much more. Anyways. <laughs> Just had to get it in there. Just had, had to get you a little dig there's in there. Nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with Dylan Moore that changing his swing entirely cannot fix. <laughs> hey, it's been over a week since you last uh, took a shot at Demo. So, uh, you know, it was it was coming. It was coming. Um, the uh, pitching matchups uh, next two days. We got Matt Brash versus Chris Bubich. Tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and then uh, Robbie Ray against Carlos Hernandez before the uh, the Mariners hit the road and uh, go to Florida for uh, to play the Rays and the Marlins next week. It's going to be a fun road trip. Looking forward to it. Uh, so that is going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We really appreciate the support. For Colby Patnode. I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again, like I said, for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Peace.